We're in the 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians under the title, The Ultimate Objective. So if you'll turn to the 10th chapter, verse 23, that's where we start. Lawrence, Dr. Lawrence Peter has a best-selling book, the title of which is The Peter Principle. Some of you have read that book. It's a, really a hot item. The book has a theme that can be uh, stated in one sentence, and the theme is that in every, in any hierarchy, every employee tends to rise to the level of incompetence. Let me say that again. In, in any hierarchy, every employee tends to rise to the level of incompetence, of his incompetence. Through promotions, you know, he makes these promotions and he moves up through the company, but he rises to the level of his incompetence and when he's there at that level and is incompetent, he can't go any higher. So he functions in the realm of incompetence. It's amazing. Uh, you see this so often. You see it in, in the field of education. Here's a person who is an excellent classroom teacher and uh, has such an influence and an impact in the classroom, moves in perhaps into the, uh, into the field of administration and is really not effective as an administrator and so reaches a level of incompetence and goes no further than that. You see it in the sports field. How many great athletes have you read about who were just superstars on the athletic field and then became managers or coaches and were just terrible coaches and managers. They got to a level of their incompetence and could, go beyond, could not go beyond that. It's the Peter Principle. Now Lawrence Peter uh, has written a second book in, entitled The Peter Prescription. And the book has as its style of writing this style. He establishes some guidelines or some principles really some guidelines of truth. And the whole book is, is structured around these guidelines to, to, to establish the believability of the principles or the guidelines. That's exactly what Paul does in this passage. We might call this Paul's prescription, the Paul prescription. Because what he does in this passage is to establish two guidelines. And then he draws some principles and establishes these principles that make these guidelines believable, that, that support the guidelines that he's established. Now, this passage asks a question. The question, the meat of an animal that has been offered as a sacrifice on a pagan temples, and these people would bring these animal sacrifices, over was sold. And there was a tremendous controversy in the church at Corinth that this eighth, ninth, and tenth chapter uh, discusses. This uh, section of scripture deals with. It deals with on idle meat in the temple. They had these restaurants set up within the question we have already discussed. The other two questions are probably go down to the meat market and buy this meat that's sold you know, on budget, uh, budget rate second hand, but you know, it came from this uh, pagan altar. Uh, it shows somebody in your neighborhood has a barbecue and they invite you over, we're gonna discuss. Now, 
I know that it doesn't seem too relevant or, uh, where people are serving meat that's been offered to idols, but you just insert whatever it is. Now, there, the going issue in Paul's day was meat offered to idols. You just insert the name. Is it right to do this? Is it right or wrong? To, and, and there are all kinds of things that confront us day by day. And the issue is with God, and you insert the problem that's relevant to your life. Now, look at that with me. The guideline is eat anything for conscience sake. Now, this is what he's saying. He said, you can go down to the meat market, you buy anything, ask questions about it. There are two facts, fundamental facts here. Buy anything and eat. Um, just insert the problem that confronts your life as I suggested. Now, this matter and demands our uh, commitment to, to a certain life about the Christian life. I mean, we can get so into that, 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 that we cannot enjoy anything within the framework of the cease to be really human. I mean, they're just kind of what I call Christian robots. You know, that, you know, they're serving the Lord and hating every minute of it. They're, they're just so intense. Don't make a problem if there isn't one. Nelson has a book entitled, Why is What Are They Going to Think? And they just get too intense about the Christian life. And I think you can go down to the meat market and you can buy this meat. No, somebody may never see you do that, you know. Party and they're serving meat off of the idols. Look at verse 27, that's the second. If anyone should say to you, this meat, whatever is served, even if an unbeliever serving you meat off of the idols, um, the setting there, let, let's, uh, let's, let's draw the scenario. We're going to listen to Julia's barbecue. And, and, and they're having meat. Uh, Rufus and Julia are, uh, they own the, uh, the uh, you served your salad and you know, Rogafoot dressing, and everything's just going great, it's the greatest salad. And he's a brand new Christian and he's really trying to walk with the Lord and he's sitting there across. Your response should be, I'll take some more of the salad. That's not fair. You alter your practice, don't you be a stumbling block. Don't give anyone an opportunity to be as I also am of Christ. Now here's the Apostle Paul who an offense, a stumbling block to somebody else in anything. So if an issue is you may gag on the, on the meat off of the idols, but that's the guideline. Now, that make these, or, or the principles that make the guidelines reason behind or underlying a command. It's the reason, illustrate it. The command might be, Gerald, you've got a book going to take over and that's going to make a noise and going to be disturbing. Now the command is hard to live with. If there's going to be somebody offended by my action, I'm, all things are lawful, but not all things are but. It might not be profitable or it might not. My liberty is not to bring another into bondage To be, to have, to, to sleep is the, now I, I have a right to sleep and I'm going to sleep. That's right, he has that liberty. But, bring those small children into bondage. They can't get up and have their breakfast. They can't, I'm not to exercise that liberty or that freedom. Now there's a, a passage of scripture to yourself and to live by. Verse 19 of chapter 14 is a life verse to follow. Look, pursue that with all of our energy. What? The things that make life go this principle that I'm going to live my life. Second principle is, th that is the profit principle. Second principle is on good, 
but that of his neighbor. Please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, pleases all men. You can't please everybody. I've had that told to me many times. Doing what is best for others, this is what he's saying. I do that which is best for the others. Now let's go home with that tonight. Are you interested in that which is what you want or what is best for the family? Not nearly as important as pleasing someone else. It was like that. Pleasing yourself is not nearly as important as pleasing someone else. Let me ask you a question. What did you give up this week to benefit somebody else? What did you sacrifice this week to benefit somebody else? How many times this week did you grumble and complain and gripe about something? How much are you living for the good of other people? The people principle says, pleasing somebody else is more important than pleasing me, myself. Third principle is the planet principle. Now, look at verse uh, uh, 26, the planet principle. For the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. The planet principle is this. God's creation is infinite. So should be our enjoyment of it. Most of us, our idea of God is that he's just some big bully, you know, somewhere with a big ugly club that he's going to use on us. God's creation is infinite, so should be our enjoyment of it. We ought to enjoy the life that God has made available to us. Now I want to show you two verses of Scripture. They're found in 1 Timothy. Would you turn to those? 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 4. Charles Spurgeon once said about some fellow preachers, he said he'd make a good martyr. He's so dry, he'd burn real well. You know, um, uh, are, are you enjoying what God has made available for, you, for us? Verse 4 of chapter 4. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. Now look at chapter 6 verse 17. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Now the planet principle is this, that God has created this world not to be a burden to us, but to be a blessing to us. And, and, and we can just split hairs and nitpick and, and make these marvelous things that God has created for us a burden to bear. The Christian life was never meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a blessing. Then there is the perfect principle and that'll be the last. It's our ultimate, object, our ultimate objective. Verse 31. Whatever then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. If you play ball, do it to the glory of God. If you sell 
Appliances, do it to the glory of God. If you're in business, do that to the glory of God. You know, I tell young people a lot of time when we're trying to deal with these issues of right or wrong, is it wrong to do this or that? One of the guidelines you can follow is can you glorify God doing that? You cannot be a godly man. You cannot be a godly person if you're not glorifying God in everything you do. You cease to be a godly person when you cease to glorify God in what you do. Now, if a man can make money and get rich and glorify God in it, that's what he ought to do. If a person is involved in this life in, in just a, you know, a, a menial task of uh, minimum wage and he glorifies God in it, that's what he ought to do. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. That's the real ultimate issue. That's the ultimate objective. And I'm going to do what I do to bring glory to God. Let's pray our heads and pray. Father, there's so many questions that come to us in this life concerning the issues, what we should do and what we should not do. Help us to apply these principles and these truths to the daily life. I pray in Jesus' name.